morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of First Chronicles. Not Corinthians. Corinthians is in the New Testament. Chronicles is in the Old Testament. The book of First Chronicles, chapter number 12, and it'll be coming up on the screen in just a moment. And also reminding you that on the back of your bulletin, you'll find follow-along notes, and you can uh, fill in the blanks, and it will help, uh, help you pay attention, and uh, it'll give you something to take home with you that you can use in time to come. We're looking in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter number 12 this morning, and we're going to read, uh, begin just reading one verse to get us started this morning, verse number 23. The Bible says, now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. I want you to notice the phrase, the divisions that were equipped for war. I'm using for my subject this morning, equipped for war. Father, I thank you today that you have equipped us for war. And I pray, God, that we will recognize the equipment today. God, I pray that we will seize the equipment today. God, I pray, Lord, as we uh, endeavor to minister this word today, God, I pray your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you will give us ears to hear the word. And God, may we not just be hearers of the word, but Lord, may we take what we have heard today and may we put it into practice and become doers of the word of God. And we ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, David's army is being assembled. Soldiers from different tribes come together and they form one great army. These soldiers come to David. The Bible says they come to him equipped for war. Now, I shouldn't have to tell you this morning that we too are involved in a war. There is a battle that is raging. There is a battle. There is a war that is going on. It's a war between good and evil. It is a war between heaven and hell. It is a war between righteousness and unrighteousness, between the flesh and the spirit. We need to understand this morning that this world is not a playground. It is a war zone. Oh, it's good to be back in this first church of the Frigidaire. What happened? What did Pastor Steve do to my ameners? Let me say that again this morning. We need to understand that this world is not a playground. It is a war zone. Satan, his mission statement is is to steal and to kill and to destroy. So this morning I want us to take a look at how David's warriors came equipped. And you and I today as God's warriors need to be equipped in this very same way. Now, in verses 23 through 38 of 1 Chronicles chapter 12, I find no less than six things that these soldiers were equipped with. 
And the same equipment that they had is the same equipment that you and I are going to need this morning if we too are going to win the battle. The first weapon that I find here is, the, or, or the f- first thing that I find these soldiers were equipped with was, number one, the weapons. Weapons. Verse 24, of the sons of Judah, bearing, notice, bearing shield and spear. 6,800 armed for war. These soldiers of Judah were bearing Weapons. Let me tell you this morning, God doesn't send us into battle without weapons. Now, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Now, the bad news is this morning, we are in a war. There is a battle going on today. That's the bad news. But the good news is this morning, God will not send us into battle without weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. In the book of Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number uh, uh, 10, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, how many know that's good for the cistern too? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So stand, therefore, having girded your waist, with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let me give you an abbreviated list this morning. Again, this is just an abbreviated list of the spiritual weapons that God has given to all of us to fight with. The first weapon He has given us is the Word. He has given us the Word of God. The Word of God is a mighty spiritual weapon. The Bible says that when Jesus did battle with the devil in his wilderness temptations, the Bible says that Jesus, his weapon, his weapon of choice was the Word of God. And when the enemy would come at Jesus with a temptation, Jesus would come back at the devil and he would say, it is written. And he would put the word of God out there as his weapon. And every time he did, the enemy was defeated. I believe that one of the many reasons why too many Christians today lose battle after battle after battle, why they are always whipped down, why they are always discouraged, why they are always dragging in here saying, pick me back up, preacher, I fell this week, pick me back up. And we are constantly picking people back up and they are constantly falling down and we're picking them back up and they're falling back down. And the reason that is happening is because they do not understand the power and the authority of the weapon of the Word of God. 
Another weapon that God has given us to fight the enemy with is the weapon of prayer. Prayer. Prayer moves the hand of God in our direction. You see, in God's hand is power and provision. That's what's in the hands of God. Power and provision. But prayer, prayer is the nerve that moves God's hand of power and God's hand of provision. Moves it in our direction. When Elijah needed the heavens shut, he prayed. And when he needed those shut heavens to open, he prayed. I like what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said, heaven is filled with answers to prayer for which no one has bothered to pray. Another weapon that the Bible says that God has given to us to fight with is the weapon of praise. Praise. Most people don't even think about praise being a weapon, but I'm telling you that praise is a valuable, incredible, unbelievable, powerful weapon. Write this down this morning if you're taking notes, and if you're not, shame on you. Write this down this morning. Praise produces His presence. Now, God seems a million miles away. Well, you know what? You just told me you haven't been praising. Because praise produces His presence. Second thing I want you to write down is this morning, His presence produces power. Psalm 22 and verse 3, God inhabits or He dwells or He takes up residence in the praises of His people. Let me tell you this morning that you can literally praise your way to victory. King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament, he would not even go into battle but what he put the praise team on the front line before he sent in the soldiers, before he sent them in with their uh, physical weapons. He went in with a spiritual weapon. He went in with a weapon of praise. And Jehoshaphat sent the praise team ahead of the army. (laughs) I've had a praise leader too. I'd like to put out on the front line. Amen. (laughs) I'm just trying to keep you awake. Come on. You can literally praise your way to victory. Let me tell you this morning that you can literally praise your way out of depression. Let me tell you, if you are depressed, if you are down, if you are discouraged, if you are lonely, if you are distraught, if you don't know what you can do, I want to tell you this morning that the Bible says in Isaiah 61 and 3 that you can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. I'm telling you this morning, you can't praise God and be depressed at the same time. You can't praise God. God and be down at the same time. You can't praise God and be in the mulligrubs at the same time. When you're down, begin to lift up your voice and begin to praise Him. Amen. Because praise will produce a garment that will cover the spirit of despair. Let me give you another weapon we have this morning. The weapon of faith. The weapon of faith. I believe that I have a word for some warrior here today. And the word for somebody here today is faith it. I didn't say fake it. I said faith it. Faith it. Somebody, I don't know who it is this morning, but you are against some giant. A giant that would make Goliath look like a midget in comparison. 
You need to do what David did. You need to faith it. You see, David knew Goliath was way too big for him to handle. He knew it. David knew in the physical realm he was absolutely no match for this giant. But let me tell you that the Bible says David did not go into this battle trusting in his own ability. He didn't go into this battle going in with his own strength. But David said to Goliath, you come to me with your spear and your shield and your sword. David said to Goliath, you come to me with all your strength, all your expertise, all your experience, all of your physical ability. And quite frankly, David said, I can't match up to you in these areas. You could squash me like a so he said, I just, I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I choose to faith it is what he said. I choose to faith it. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of the God of Israel. And by faith and faith alone, I'm going to have your head before the sun comes down. And before the sun came, sun came down, he had his head. Somebody needs to faith it this morning. Let me tell you that through faith you can bring down the giant. And by faith you can move the mountain. Jesus said it like this. According unto your faith, be it unto you. The last weapon I want to talk about, not the last weapon, but the last weapon I want to talk about today is the weapon of the name of Jesus. Oh, Is there anything more powerful than the name of Jesus? It's in the name of Jesus that people are saved. It's in the name of Jesus that people are delivered and set free. It is in the name of Jesus that people are healed. There's power in the name of Jesus. I'll never forget, many years ago, I was with a friend of mine... The ministers of our section were fasting and praying, and we were meeting down in Amarillo, or really by canyon, but uh, at Paladur Canyon, we were meeting down the bottom of that canyon for a special time of fasting and prayer. Just happened to be in February, and February in the Panhandle is not really a good time to be traveling, and... uh, so it had snowed, and there was snow, and there was ice on the road. And me and my friend, uh, pastor friend, we were on our way, and I was driving in the car. And we were going down into, um, uh, into Paladura Canyon. And the roads, you couldn't hardly tell the difference between the roads and the side of the road. And, and there were cliffs on, on, on the sides of the roads. And, 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 and we're going down, and, and, and we're going down into this canyon when all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, my car starts to slide. Not only does it start to slide, but it begins to turn around. And it begins, I mean, it is totally out of control. And it's very, very likely that we're, this is not going to end up good. Now, my friend is a little more uh, subdued than I am. He's a little more laid back, a little more reserved, a little more phlegmatic than I am. Uh, Most people are. (laughs) And I could hear him, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I say I could hear him. Because I was at Jesus! 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 I don't know if Jesus heard the soft whisper of my friend David. 
or mine. I'm telling you that I am convinced we were out of control. It was not going to end good when all of a sudden, and we were heading to the side where the embankment was and there was no guardrail. Our car stopped. I get tired just thinking about that. The name of Jesus is powerful. And we can use the name of Jesus. It is an incredible help and an incredible weapon. Notice, notice the next thing that these soldiers in our text were equipped with. The Bible says they were equipped with stamina. Verse 25 says, Of the sons of Simeon, and it describes the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war. I'm reading from the New King James this morning. Fit for war. Notice the phrase, fit for war. May I suggest to you, these were not fat, lazy, out of shape men. They were fit. They were trained. Uh, they had exercised. They had drilled. Uh, P90X was their daily routine. Here's the problem. I'm afraid that we have too many out of shape Christian soldiers today. They never exercise their spiritual muscles. They never train for the battle. They never get themselves in shape for war. All they do is sit around and eat. I'm back. They go from preacher to preacher. From Bible study to Bible study. From seminar to seminar. But they are hearers only. They never do anything with what they've been taught to do. They have become spiritual gluttons and all they can do is sit around and hold their fat spiritual belly and cry out constantly, feed me, feed me, feed me. And they leave one church and they go to the other and they leave that church and go to the other saying, I wasn't getting fed. Maybe your problem is not that you are not getting fed. Maybe the problem is you're eating too much. And you're exercising too little. And you have become spiritually fat and lazy. Now I know I'm talking to the second service this morning. I'm just getting warmed up for them, alright? How many would agree with me this morning that God needs some soldiers with some stamina? God needs some soldiers who, who don't tire out easy. God needs some soldiers who are fit. Proverbs 24 and 10 says that if you faint in the day of adversity or if you faint in the day of battle, your strength is small. And Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says that the people who know their God will be strong and they will do great exploits. Let's notice another thing the soldiers in our text were equipped with. They were equipped 
with wisdom. Verse 32, the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Notice the phrases, had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Do you understand the value in this ability? Solomon did. When God told him he could have anything that he wanted, Solomon asked for wisdom. Now, I've been asking God for wisdom almost every single day the last 40 years. You might think, Pastor, when's God going to answer you? Well, I just say, do you know how ignorant I would be if I hadn't prayed thousands of times for wisdom? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, the wisdom writer says, develop good judgment. Here's the problem. And we do have a problem this morning. Here's the problem. Knowledge is not enough. And we've got a whole lot of smart folk. But knowledge is not enough. Ability is not enough. And we've got a lot of people that have unbelievable, incredible ability. And charisma is not enough. Charisma is dangerous in the wrong hands. What do we need? We need wisdom. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Here's my definition. Wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. Wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. You see, wisdom knows what to do with the knowledge that it has. Proverbs 15 and 2 says, The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. Notice that phrase. Uses knowledge rightly or correctly. And verse 7 of Proverbs 15 says, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. So again, wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. Wisdom knows what to do with the knowledge or the facts that it has. The soldiers from the sons of Issachar possessed wisdom. They had an understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. You and I need to pray for wisdom. You see, the fact of the matter is we can be bigger, we can be faster, we can be stronger, we can be smarter than our enemy, all that we are in battle with, and we can still lose. Some of you today are working for somebody who's dumb. You know a whole lot more than they do, but they're over you. What is the reason? One reason might be the big boss is their uncle, okay? That could be the reason. But also what could be the reason is you've got knowledge, they've got wisdom. They know what to do with the knowledge and they get the knowledge from you. But you don't know what to do with it. But they do because they have wisdom. We need wisdom. 
And when we fight the enemy of our soul, and when we fight all the battles of life, we need wisdom. We don't just need to know what the facts are. We don't just need to know that, but we need to know what to do with the facts that we have. So we need to be praying daily that God would equip us with wisdom so we'll know, we'll have an understanding of the times, we'll have an understanding of the situation, and we will know what to do with the facts and know what to do with the knowledge that we have been given. Knowledge tells us how. Wisdom tells us what, when, and where. Talking about being equipped for war this morning. Wisdom is an indispensable part of our equipment. Notice the fourth thing the soldiers in our text were equipped with. Courage. Number four is courage. Verse 33, of Zebulun, of Zebulun there were 50,000 who went out to battle, expert in war, with all weapons of war. Notice the next phrase, stout-hearted men. You see, only the courageous make good soldiers. Only the courageous. And these men were stout-hearted or courage, courageous Men. Now, we're all very familiar with the story of David and Goliath. Understanding that, da- that, that, that Goliath was a giant, nine, ten feet tall, I don't know how tall he was, big dude. The Bible says not only was he a giant, but he was the champion of all the giants. He was the champion. And Goliath begins to strut his stuff, and he begins to make a challenge to the army of Israel. And he says, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to represent the Philistine army and I need you to send a representative out here, just one man to stand and we'll fight toe-to-toe. And you send me somebody, send me your champion and he'll represent the armies of Israel and whoever wins this battle, they're in charge. They're, They're people, they're in charge. Be the best of Israel against the best of the Philistines. And yet the Bible says that there wasn't even one, not even one in the army of Saul, not even one in the army of Israel that would accept the challenge to fight Goliath until Davy shows up. Davy wasn't in the army. He wasn't a soldier. He was a shepherd boy. He was a messenger boy. He was a delivery boy. His father had sent him with bread and cheese to deliver to his big brothers. I guess they were going to have grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Now, David's brothers... They were in the army. They were trained soldiers, but they refused to fight the giant. David wasn't a trained soldier, but he volunteered for the fight. What separated David from his brothers? Courage. Courage. And you know the rest of the story. 
I believe that God is in need of some soldiers today who possess some courage. Uh, We need some men and some women of God that will stand toe to toe uh, with the enemy today. Some people who will stand up and fight for righteousness today. Uh, Oh, people say today, you you can't legislate morality. How many's ever heard that one? You can't legislate morality. I say, why not? Why can't you? They've been legislating immorality for years. They have legislated abortion, which is murder. They have legislated same-sex marriage, which is an abomination to God. I'm telling you this morning, this world is no playground. It is a battle zone. I'm asking this morning, does anybody have the courage to fight? Does anybody have the courage to stand up and go toe-to-toe with the enemy? Does anybody have courage this morning to stand up and fight? Are you going to hide out and eat grilled cheese sandwiches like David's brothers did? The soldiers from Zebulun's clan were courageous. The Bible said they were stout-hearted men. The next thing, and I've got to hurry this morning, the soldiers in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 were equipped to number five. They were equipped with unity. Verse 33 again. Men who could keep ranks. Notice that. They were men who could keep ranks. Now, in the army, there are ranks, there are levels of authority. You start out as a private, then based on your knowledge, your ability, time served, you move up in rank. The private eventually might become a corporal. The corporal eventually might become a sergeant, who might become a lieutenant, who might become a captain, and so it goes. Each rank has its level of authority, and each rank has its level of individual privileges. It also comes with specific expectations and specific responsibilities. Now, a real problem arises in the army if a private begins to act like a captain, or if a captain tries to act like a private. Zebulun's soldiers were men who could keep ranks, men who knew their place, men that knew the limits of their authority. They had leaders that would lead and they had followers who would follow. And God's army is no different. Satan knows That if he can get God's army focused inward, if he can get God's army jockeying for position and all concerned with their rank, if he can get people to overstep their authority, If he can get the captain to act like a private and a private to act like a captain. See, see, the devil knows that he cannot win the battle if he goes toe-to-toe with the people of God. But he also knows that if he can get God's army focused inward and on themselves instead of focusing upon him, if he can get God's army fighting one another, jockeying for position, they won't have the time or the energy to fight him. 
And that's what's happening in too many churches today. There's a power struggle between the board and the pastor. There's a power struggle amidst, amidst the staff of the church as one wants to get closer to the lead than the other or one wants to have more authority. It's just this constant tug of war and jockeying for position. We do not have it at New Bethel. And if I'm here, we will not have it. But it's going on. It's going on. And churches are doing precious little to fight the enemy because they are too busy fighting one another. More churches did not split when they're building a building. Because they're fighting over the color and they're fighting over the design and they're fighting over this room and that room and this and that. And we won't have it because we are not fighting one another this morning. We're letting the captain be the captain. Amen. We are letting the captain be the captain. We're letting the leader be the leader. The followers being the followers. Amen. We are not focused upon one another and upon us together. We are focused upon the enemy of our soul united together. Amen. And we're going to win the war. My challenge to all of us today, let's keep our focus. Let's stay unified and focused. Let's be men and women of God who know how to keep rank. We know our place and we know our limits of authority. And let me just go on record of telling you, it's not that one is better than the other. They're just different. They have different privileges, but they also have different responsibilities. Amen. Amen. If you want my authority, you're also going to have to take my responsibility. You want to have the say I have, you're also going to have to carry the load I carry. And until then, it ain't going to happen because I'm the captain. I'm not being arrogant this morning. I'm simply saying we need to know our rank. We need to know where we fit in the army of God. It doesn't make one better than the other. It's just difference in ranks. Don't think the captain's been the private this morning. Hey, if we're a leader, let's lead. If we're a follower, let's follow. The last thing, and I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. The last thing I see in 1 Chronicles 12, these soldiers were equipped with loyalty. Verse 38, these men of war came to Hebron. Notice this phrase. New New King James Version says, with a loyal heart. These men loved David. They loved their leader. This isn't my first rodeo. Here's what I have come to know about loyalty. Number one, a loyal soldier will fight for his commander even if he doesn't understand the cause of the battle. A loyal soldier will fight for his commander even if he doesn't understand the cause of the battle. You see, it's like this. Some fight for a cause. 
loyal soldiers fight for their leader. Here's something else I've come to know about loyalty. A loyal soldier will fight for his commander even if he disagrees with the strategy of his commander. Here's what I know. Loyalty trumps talent. Loyalty trumps ability. Fact is, this morning, what good is a soldier? Though he be off the charts in both talent and ability, and yet is disloyal to his commander. How many soldiers in God's army do we know? They were head and shoulders above their fellow soldiers in talent and in ability. But when it came down to where the rubber meets the road, when put to the test, it was discovered that they had no loyalty to their commander-in-chief. May I get up close and personal this morning? Amen. You know I'm going through, so you might as well give me permission. If you want to do battle with me, I don't mean fight me, I mean fight with me. If you want to do battle with me, if you want to be on my team, if you want to be in my army, let me tell you that I rank loyalty at the very top along with character. In my books, loyalty trumps talent. And loyalty trumps ability. It helps if you got both of those. But if I have to choose, I will choose loyalty over talent, over ability. We could get the worship team back in place very quickly this morning, please. Let me conclude by reading my text one more time. First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 23. Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war. My question to New Bethel today is, are we equipped for war? And my question to you personally today is, are you equipped for war? The bad news is, there is a battle. The good news is, God has not sent us into battle without equipment. I've given you just an abbreviated list of equipment as is recorded in our scripture passage today. Oh, the Bible says we can be equipped with weapons, with stamina, with wisdom, with courage, with unity, with loyalty. Let me ask you this morning, which of these are your strengths? better question might be which of these are your weaknesses 
Everyone standing with me this morning, all over this room this morning, please. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, I pray that we will not just have heard another sermon or just uh, sat through another lecture or another lesson, though these are very important. God, I pray that we will not just leave here and be hearers of the word, but we will become doers of the word. We will, we will pick up the equipment. We will pick up our weapons. We will familiarize ourselves with those weapons that you have given to us. And we will use them to fight the battles of life and fight the enemy of our soul. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning just for a couple moments this morning. Are you here today and Maybe you're a little bit guilty of kind of being that spiritual glutton where you just constantly pull your spiritual belly up to the table and gorge yourself and yet you do nothing with what you receive. You're aware of the weapons that are available, but you fail to pick them up. You fail to... Familiarize yourself with them. You fail to use them. If I described you this morning, nobody's looking about, nobody will see, but just lift your hand. Pastor, you've, I'm sorry, but you kind of hit me this morning. That's where I'm at this morning. Anybody in the room this morning? Everybody batting a thousand? Wow, I have the super saints in the world today. Oh, there's one that's going to be, okay. All right. All right. How many this morning you'd lift your hand and you'd say, you know what, there's, I, I, I'm familiar and I'm using some of the equipment. But wow, as you went through the list of equipment, there are, there is equipment that is available to me that I haven't been taking, making use of and taking advantage of. And from this day forward, I, I want to, I want to use all of the equipment that that, that I have been equipped so that I can be equipped for war. Is that you this morning? Anyone in the room? God bless you. Thank you so many. So many. We've got a, about seven minutes this morning before time that we kind of try and get out for just because there's another group coming in after this group. I want to just invite everybody, whether you raised your hand or did not raise your hand, I, I just want to bring us all to the front this morning. I, I, I just want us this morning to, to spend a little bit of time. Come on, everybody. Come on, quickly. Everybody moving forward. I want you to take just a little bit of time this morning to solidify uh, the word that you have received. Solidify that in your heart. Nail it down in your heart. Nail it down in your spirit this morning. Maybe you need to uh, make a commitment uh, uh, to the weapon of the Word, that you're going to read the Word more, you're going to study the Word more, you're going to you're going to sharpen the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, so that you can use it. Maybe it is the weapon of prayer, and and, and instead of instead of listening uh, to the radio on the on the way to work, uh, listen to some talk show or or, or or secular music, you're going to spend it in prayer. Or maybe you're going to hone your, 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 your weapon of praise and you're going to use that 
15, 20, 30 minute drive to work, you're going to tune into a Christian radio station or you're going to get, get you some good CDs or whatever. And you're going to plug them in and you're going to listen and you're going to prepare your heart for the day through prayer. I don't know what it is this morning, but I'm going to give you that opportunity at this time. We're going to give you just a couple of moments and then we're going to worship and then we're going to be finished this morning. God, 
Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that you bestowed on us every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Father. Great is your love towards us, God. Great is your love towards us, God. Everyone have a wonderful day. If you are a visitor, be sure to take your connection card to the uh, information table, and they will give you your gift. Have a great day. Thank you for coming.